Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White. And I'm all by myself in the Great People Studio this morning. My uh, uh, effervescent co-host, James Muncy, couldn't be here with us this morning, so I'm flying solo. We want to thank our listeners here, whether you're listening to us on 97.7 FM, 820 AM, The Answer in Richmond, or perhaps you're catching us on Apple Podcast. And uh, we also are on Facebook Live. We're on Facebook Live land here, facebook.com slash Great people show. You get to see what happens in the studio. And I'm not completely by myself because we do have our uh, tried and true producer, Asher, that I made make him jump on the hot mic here this morning. Asher, good morning. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome, JJ. Thank you for asking. You might turn into my unofficial co-host. Hey, I'm game. You know, since last week, ever uh, since you confessed that you got into radio to talk to more people and uh, being your extroverted self. Is that a, yes, thank you. You're finally acknowledging my extroverted <laughs> side. I appreciate that. I am definitely seeing a different side of you now that you uh, had confessed to the world that you really were an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> an extrovert in introvert's clothing. Good job. Now That's I'm the confused. best way to be. Now I'm confused. Well, we stay confused. Uh, so uh, we also have later with us this morning a special guest that will be here in the studio because today's topic is about resiliency. And this is by far one of the most passionate topics that I loved to talk on and to talk with other people on because I have identified it personally and certainly with the people that uh, that I've coached over the years and, and have done some work with in the 17 years that I've been in Dale Carnegie and in this field, that resiliency is truly the one thing that is a defining factor on whether you're going to achieve your goals or not. Um, it's that that saying of, knock me down, I'll get back up. That's what resiliency is. So I'm very, uh, very excited about our, our guest later on this morning because I would label her as potentially one of the most resilient people I've ever met in my entire life. I think she actually does it somewhat on purpose just to prove that she can get back up. But you know what? We're going to talk about that on today's show. Is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with challenging yourself so deeply that it forces you out of your comfort zone and shows you what you're able to do and gives you what you need to get to the next level? So the Great People Show is inspirational, but we're also very practical. Our goal is to help you turn yourself inside out. I just coined that in, in thought last night that really what we do here on the show is help you turn yourself inside out because... Everything we talk about on the show, everybody we talk with on the show, it's about looking inward. So much of today's world and society is based on looking outside of us for the answers, for the comparisons, for the things that we look at to say, I want that, so I'm going to go get it. But how often do we look at ourselves on the inside? Uh, and, And by the way, we talked about this a few weeks ago. You've already been selected for greatness in this world. That's done. That's over. That's done. That you've already been selected. <laughs> there's, there's no striving for selection anymore. You have been selected. Perhaps you're not answering the call. I bet the phone is ringing. So I was inspired this week um, really around uh, this topic, but specifically it was an article that a friend posted on Facebook 
titled Eight Signs Your Christianity is Too Comfortable. And um, you know, th- this 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 show is is all encompassing. This particular article slapped me so far upside my head, it's not even funny. And the reason it slapped me up so far upside my head with uh, with deep impact was um, number. It was specifically was was number six on this list. There are eight 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 signs. This was number six. It says you never feel challenged, only affirmed. You never feel challenged, only affirmed. And and as I was breaking down this whole resiliency topic, it made me realize that we are completely structuring the world around us for comfort. And there's no growth in comfort, folks. There's absolutely no growth in comfort. So I couldn't help but to apply that saying to my entire life, in really most of my life as an adult. I mean, I I did feel challenged in my youth, and it crafted who I am today. Uh, I grew up in an alcoholic household, um, kind of lower middle class income, uh, not nearly as tough as, as a lot of the people that I talk to today, but it was challenging enough that whenever, um, whenever I got into my 20s and I bought my first business, uh, it, it helped me grow through that first recession that we had, or my first recession back in 2001 as a business owner. And, um, but realistically, my challenges are weak. They really are. Like I, I try to surround myself with people that have been through 10, 20, 100 times more difficulty in life because I can learn so much from those people. We need challenges to build our resiliency so that we can achieve more in life, specifically what we were designed to achieve. So resiliency is, is not a trait that people have or do not have. That is, that just is, that's just not true. It involves behaviors, thoughts, actions that can be learned and developed in anyone. And one of the things that we're really going to address on today's show there's the things that happen to us, and then there are the things that happen for us. I met a guy a couple weeks ago where he grew up in such an abusive household. He watched his mother get raped, and he grew up in the projects, okay? He could literally spend the rest of his life saying that happened to him, that being a victim of that situation is something that was thrust upon him, and it was to him, but he doesn't look at it that way. I hope to get him on the show here one of these days. He's a phenomenal human being, and he now has answered his own calling to take that hardship, that adversity, that horrible thing that nobody, nobody really wants to go through and do something with it, which is to impact the lives of other people. But only from his point of view, from seeing that, can he really do what he does. That has accelerated him. As horrible as the situation that is, that has accelerated him. There is a 90% chance that who you are today, that the level you're at, and I put that as a quote, the level you're at, you're really just stuck, but you think you've arrived because you're comfortable. If you're comfortable in your house, if you're comfortable in your job, if you're comfortable with your income, that might be saying something to you. And uh, we just got a, a, a comment on Facebook from, from Lisa. Resilience is hard but achievable. Absolutely. And the rest of her story, I'll just read it to you here. My parents died when I was young. My oldest son died in an auto accident in 1999. My husband passed away from cancer five years ago. Wow. I, I, I wouldn't wish any of those upon anybody. 
But imagine what that does to us, what that has done to her, what that what we can decide to do with that. And that's why we're talking about this topic on today's show. If you have a story on resilience, if you want to help us answer this question, what is the key to resilience during failure? If you have an amazing story of resilience, give us a call here in the studio, 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. We're talking about resilience, folks. You're listening to the Great People Show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is The Great People Show. I'm JJ, the guy that kind of talks a lot around here, also known as GPS, GPS for your life. And today we're talking about resiliency, the ability to bounce back when life smacks you around and throws you a bunch of lemons. So let's talk more about this resiliency thing. I really like this topic, JJ. Tell me about it. Why do you like it? Uh, let me tell you a story. I was on Facebook and I saw this video and I don't like these videos. And I made a comment on this, but uh, it's a video that basically everybody starts off on a line and then it's supposed to be a race. And then they yep. ask everybody, you know, raise your, you know, take one step forward if you had two parents in your household. Take one step forward if you had a private tutor. Mm-hmm. And then you have these people who were in the single parent and they start very far back and they're saying that uh, you started you know, you have this this great privilege over these people who did not have these opportunities. Yep. And for somebody who came from a single parent household, from somebody who who came from uh, you know pretty well much a life of struggle where things were always hard, I would say that I've gotten where I am today because of how hard it was and how used used to I got uh, how I was used to problems. I was used to having. To, to overcome things. I was used to having to get back up again and I was, it was never comfortable. So it was always a, there was always a sense of struggle. So I've, mm-hmm. I, it's almost kind of offensive to me that you're saying that, I mean, there was something, it's almost like they're trying to give someone an excuse. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually look at it as, is what's gotten me this far in life. And so I'm, I, in, in a way, I'm excited about the struggle. Um, yeah. And kind of, I, I've come to a place, it wasn't always like this. I was bitter for a while, but um, come to a point where I do see the struggles happening for me and not to me. Yeah, it's whether you use that as an excuse or as a motivating factor. And, I, and, and I've seen more people use it as an excuse than a motivating factor. And it can be an amazing motivating factor that propels you farther than all those people who started way, way farther oh, ahead absolutely. of you. Oh, well, absolutely. Because we get comfortable. That's yeah. that's. That, that was what kept ringing through my ears as I was thinking about this word in the show and talking to more people that are resilient is that if, if you're comfortable and you don't feel challenged, then you're stuck. But that's not what that feeling does for us. That feeling makes us believe we're okay, that we're good and good enough. And I deal with that all the time in my practice, all the time. 90% of the people I talk to don't want to get involved with doing anything for themselves because they're comfortable. It's almost like they they won't do anything until they get um, beaten up, beaten down, 
difficulty sets in. And by then, oftentimes, it's too late. Uh-huh. It's too late. So let's talk more about this resiliency thing. Perhaps you're so comfortable in life that you've constructed a bubble around your life. A financial bubble, a geographic bubble, a relational bubble that literally inoculates you from challenges. It's so easily done in this world. It's everything, everything is so geared towards inoculating us from our challenges. Like as if we shouldn't have to go through it. As if because there's so much wealth in the world now, we shouldn't have to worry about money. As if there's uh, so much accessibility to uh, comfortable cars and comfortable houses and, and comfortable relationships that we should not have to, quote, suffer through those things if we don't get what we want, if we don't have what we want. And I see it no greater in any place than, than the children, my children. And it's very difficult for me not to inoculate them from challenges because I don't want to see them hurt, but I do want to see them challenged. I think that's absolutely absolutely critical that they experience as many challenges as they can that will not hurt them and will not completely break them. But you know what? It's okay not to get what you want all the time because that's where the resiliency comes from. And I've, I've come to a point in my life where I'm actually looking for a little bit of trouble. I'm, I'm, I'm walking the scary streets with a $100 bill hanging out of my back pocket saying, all right, who wants some of this? Not literally, folks. I don't physically do that. I want some of them. <laughs> Come get some, dog. Could you walk around Come the studio some. with that hundred dollar? Come get some in your back pocket. I mean, the 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 analogy is, I can sit in my house in my four walls, where everything's comfortable, where I can protect myself and I can protect my family, where I can get up and go outside, where it's a really tough world out there, a really tough world. And where this started happening for me personally was when I went on a mission trip to Armenia. Let's see, that would have been 13 years ago now. Wow, that's a long time ago. 13 years ago, and I saw how some of the poorest people in the world live. And what struck me the most is they're also the happiest. It was unbelievable. They had more joy in their life than most of the people that I've met in the United States. Because their level of comfort is a lot different than ours. So this bubble, let's talk more about this bubble. We need to be tested. This show is not designed to help you find the easy way out. Sure, we're inspirational here. But we're not going to be the ones to tell you that if you just keep working hard and doing your best, and you'll get all this great success. It's one of the reasons why I don't let billionaires on the show. That's one of the reasons why I prefer not to have millionaires on the show, because that's not what life is about. We're not looking to get so financially secure that you can take the easy way out, easy way out of everything. Sure, it's nice to be secure in certain areas of our life so we can actually use that as a launch pad to bigger things, but I don't believe that's why most people are going after those things. So let's not try to find the easy way out or to be someone you're not. We're here to turn you inside out, folks. And a big piece of that is to go do something that you hate to do. And, and I picked this up from a video that I just saw within the last week from a guy named David Groggins. I don't know if you've heard of this guy or not. He was um, interviewed on a show called Impact Theory. And if you start to uh, go into YouTube and find it, it'll give you a warning up front. There's a lot of bad language in it. Uh, it is, I, it's a 30 minute video that I watched three times just last night. I mean, it was 
mind blowing. This guy, not to get too deep into the story, because I'm much rather you just watch the video. I, I could not potentially even take away the power that he can give on this on this video. Is he was overweight. He grew up in hardship, and he just had enough. So he, so he did what most of us would never do. He decided to go and be a Navy SEAL to rock his world. Now, I can't use the words that he used to, to talk about the reasons why he did it. But he actually also wanted to run this 140-mile race, I think it was, and the only way that he could do it was to qualify by running a 100-mile race. And in Los Angeles, it was a one-mile track, that he had to run as many, the, the race was a 24-hour race, and you run as many laps around this one-mile track as you can in 24 hours. And when he got to mile 70, he physically couldn't move anymore. And the only thing he was focused on was, uh, was the goal, was the absolute goal. And you've got to watch this video. It's absolutely amazing. Um, there were three key points. I call this guy the king of self-inflicted resilience because we talked about this at the top of the show. Is resilience something that we should try to avoid and when it does happen to us, it's happening to us or are there opportunities to really push ourselves so far out of our comfort zone that we are looking for resilience? We are looking for trouble. We're walking down the bad street with a $100 bill hanging out of our back pocket saying, come get some life. I want to prove to you that I'm stronger than I am. Here's one of his points. To grow in life, be willing to suffer. And I'm reading another book called The Big Leap. Uh, I'm going to share more about it on a future show. It is totally rocking my world right now. That suffering, stress, all these things are symptoms that you're hitting your upper limit. And when we hit our upper limit, what do we do? We back down. We convince ourselves that we are not worthy of that success, of going past that upper limit. I am so jacked up today, Asher. I cannot, our audience is probably going, what in the world is going on with this dude? Partly it's because James isn't here. So I'm just jacked up on the mic all by myself. I'm on fire, bro. You're rising to the occasion, <laughs> I, am, I am looking for my upper limit just to destroy it. And and we, we uh, with, with Angela coming on in just a few minutes, we may actually have some time for callers. And I, uh, so in case you want to call into the show, 804-454-1366, to answer the question, what is the key to resilience during failure? Or if you have an amazing story of resilience, give us a call. We're on fire against this topic today, folks. Actually, I take that back. What did I just say? We're on fire for this topic. Bring on the resilience. As David said, to grow in life, be willing to suffer. Another one, if you can get through to doing things that you hate to do, on the other side is greatness. If you can get through to do the things that you hate to do, on the other side is greatness. That's just the way it is. And we've defined greatness a long time ago on the show. It's not about what you can achieve. It's what you can achieve for others. And we know you cannot achieve a fraction for others if you aren't doing something for yourself to do different, to do better. Third one from David Groggins. We live in an external world. Everything you have to see it, touch it. Everything. If you can, for the rest of your life, live inside yourself to find greatness, you have to go inside. And that's what we're doing here. We're trying to bring that inside out, folks, on The Great People Show. So today we're talking about resilience. Do you have to wait for it? Do you need to avoid it? Nope. We need to get out there and we need to find 
the challenges in life to push us to accomplish more. And as I put in the show, you've already been selected. You've already been selected for greatness in this world. Perhaps you're not answering the call. But if you call us, we'll answer the phone. 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. In about two minutes or so, we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we may have one of the most resilient people you've ever talked to. Just to hear her story, what she's been through. Uh, we're going to we're, we do we, we do different things here on the show. We just don't interview folks. We pull out things that maybe they're not willing to share so that you, our listener, that can penetrate you and that can go on the inside of you. And you can find out how that needs to change in your life. Because I bet, I bet if you're listening to the show today, you're too comfortable. But if you're listening to the show, you might be looking for a way to get a little bit more uncomfortable. The truth is that what you have never seen in you, and you'll never see that without the challenges, and you'll never overcome it without resiliency. To be part of today's show, 804-454-1366. We're also on Facebook Live, whether you're catching the show live or watching it afterwards, that's facebook.com slash Show. We have an absolute blast here in the studio with me and my producer, Asher. James is out today. But you know what? Psh, ain't nothing going to get us down. Don't matter. It don't matter. And then when we come back from break, we'll have Angela here in the studio. I'm looking for trouble. And hopefully when James comes back, he'll have a story of resiliency for us. Uh, well, we, yeah. Yeah, he probably will. So whenever we get back, let's keep talking about this resiliency thing. And when life knocks you down, how you get back up. We're inspirational, but we're practical. And today, folks, we're going to turn you inside out. I'm the host, J.J. White. And you're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. All right, everyone. Welcome back to The Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J. White. And in the studio with us today, we're talking about resiliency, is my friend, Angela Atkinson. And Angela... Just to give you a, a brief introduction of Angela, she's a native of New Orleans, Louisiana, and through her survivorship of Hurricane Katrina and the domestic violence that she suffered in her life, she decided to fight for her best life, which to me is resiliency. I love that, I love that quote, to fight for your best life. She now works with uh, Liberty Mutual in Glen Allen, Virginia, Primarily just to prevent others from experiencing the losses that she did. Thanks for being here, Angela. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. Oh, Thank you, JJ. We're, we're glad you're here. Uh, and Angela, you know, I did something a little um, weird, I guess. Um, <laughs> you? <laughs> I did something just a little weird. And when James, uh, when we arranged that James was not going to be able to be a co-host on the show this morning, I said, you know, I'll just go solo. And um, I'm sitting there last night thinking about this topic. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm, letting, I'm letting things pound on my heart, come to my heart. I always do with the show. I always let my heart dictate what is going to happen on this show. I don't try to let my mind do it. I try to let my heart do it. And I said, you know, I think we need to have someone in the, in the studio tomorrow that has experienced great resilience. 
So at like 9.30 last night, I posted on Facebook thinking this probably is not going to go anywhere. Um, last minute, who wants to be on the show tomorrow morning that can come in the studio and you feel like you have uh, an amazing story of resilience? And uh, you actually hit me like way after I went to sleep, but <laughs> I got back to you this morning. So, so Angela, tell us about your, your level of resistance in your life and where it's come from. Well, the level of resistance in my life, as well as in uh, many people's, is uh, it's rooted in your childhood. Tell us about your childhood. I t- this is about you, Angela. Where is it rooted in for you? Well, I was very close with my daddy, mm-hmm. and he was a very talented doctor, Dr. Terry Charles Falastri, and he graduated from Tulane and uh, LSU. And uh, I loved him so much, and I had the best relationship with him. And due to my parents' horrible divorce— I was estranged for him, not by either of our choosing. Okay. And um, that was, I believe, the first broken heart I ever had. Okay. So I was also— How did you deal with it then? I didn't. Uh, Like you said, I got comfortable. Yeah. And this was in my childhood into my teenage years, my formative years. Okay. So I had to adapt. Yep. And I had to— to uh, re, I'd eventually, I mean, it took so many years. I was just so comfortable, and I didn't want to change anything. Mm-hmm. As human beings, we're so com- we're so uh, resistant to change. Did a part of that comfort uh, creep in to protect yourself, though? Absolutely. Like, like you were you you were you were putting on as much of a shield and a bubble around your life as you possibly could at that point. Absolutely. You know, as a as a child, I had to survive. Mm-hmm. I had to survive, and uh, my emotionally abusive uh, upbringing didn't help at all. Didn't help at all. Yeah. So then what what happened next? What was, the, I guess, the next big milestone of, of defeat that you had? I would say uh, fast forward to August 29, 2005, Hurricane Katrina. Katrina, yeah. yeah. Um, I was in Baton Rouge at the time. My house was ruined. Uh, my cousin Ashley lost her home. My other, my, the rest of my family in New Orleans, their homes were damaged. We couldn't find my brother. Mm-hmm. We couldn't contact him for a day and a half, two mm-hmm. days. And... Uh, it shook me like nothing else ever has. I can't imagine. I really can't. It was like uh, the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the worst experience and the best experience of my life. What is the mode that, that you go into that someone goes into from your experience when that happens to them? Pure survivorship. It's mm-hmm. primal. Mm-hmm. But you can look at it from just a, a truly visceral angle and just the getting of food, the finding of shelter to I have to get over this. I have to overcome this. Yeah, yeah. And what'd you do? Like, did did you move? Did you stay? I did move. I moved to Virginia in 2007. That's what brought you here. Yep. Yes. Yep. But before I moved to Virginia, um, I came across a Bible verse. Um, I was raised in the Catholic Church, and uh, we don't have as much exposure to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a uh, Bible study, which I joined, uh, I came around uh, the verse from Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm-hmm. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. So how does faith bring you through that? How does faith bring me through? Yeah. Utter and total belief that God has my back. So is that surrender? It is definitely. Yes, yes. Well, how do you, I will so say. how do you, when in, in times of of pain and discomfort, in survi- you use the word survival. How do you surrender in survival? Because most people would consider that giving up on their life. If you're surrendering, even to God, that is that 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 could mean death. How do you do that? Surrendering to God is much different than surrendering to your circumstances. Tell us about that then. Surrendering to God is 
is faith. Mm-hmm. It's the soul of faith. Mm-hmm. You have to put your faith in him that he has your back. Okay. You have to know it because it's true. But you have to keep moving. You have to wake up and put your feet on the floor. Yeah. So tell us about the next one. I'm, I'm actually going to hit all the the, the, the <laughs> highlight slash low light of the things that have made who you are today, because I think that's really important for the listeners to be able to connect all these dots with your story. So, so the next, I'm going to call it high point, low point. Right. I was uh, in, I, I moved to Virginia and I love Virginia. Virginia has been very good to me. Mm-hmm. And I fell right into the arms of a terribly abusive man. Okay. And he basically finished me mm. at that point. I was completely stripped down. I had no self-confidence, no uh, belief in myself at all. And uh, hiding bruises and, you know, crying in the bathroom at work just got old. Mm -hmm. And one day that was happening and I said, you know, I am worth more than this. Mm -hmm. And uh, the final episode was the finale, police were called, et cetera, hospital visit. And I said, I'm done. Yeah. And, and what did that when, when you said I'm done? What does that what did that really mean at the time for you? I am worthy. Oh, so you weren't done with you. You were done with being at the bottom of the barrel in your life. Absolutely. And letting people push you to the bottom of the barrel. Absolutely. By the way, you just got a comment on Facebook Live from Peter Larson that says, "Yay, Angela, you got a fan club out here." <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Thank you for everything you've done for me. So, um, then what? So you 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 exited this abusive relationship, but I'm betting it did not exit you. What happened next? It built me up. Okay. I uh, I went to the YWCA uh, in Lynchburg where I was living, and they gave me such a tremendous amount of support. I had to learn to love myself, and I had to learn that I was worthy mm-hmm. of the best in life. And that took another five years. And so uh, during that five years or even after that, up to that point, were, were there other things ha- – has have other things happened since then that also tested your resiliency? Yes. Um, my amazing cousin, David Philastri, mm-hmm. uh, um, he was a fabulous – he was a, an amazing musician in mm-hmm. New Orleans. Uh, he played with several bands. He took his life two years ago mm-hmm. after a prolonged battle with depression. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't there. And what did that do to you? It's still affecting yeah. me. It's still it's it's uh, a grief that's uh, that it took me a long time to share. Yeah. Um, so we've seen you going through a hurricane, losing everything you have, an abusive relationship, um, the suicide of a, a very close family member. All of that started off by the loss of your 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 dad and your best friend, Angela. I wouldn't wish any of this upon anybody. Um, most of us could not really be able to handle just one of those things. And yet you've had to handle all of them. Um, When we come back from our break, now that you've heard Angela's story, uh, Angela and I are going to give you the motivational speech that will blow your freaking eyeballs out. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I can tell we got something special coming because this show is for you. And as you hear these these stories of, of what Angela went through, we have we have to have something that we can take from that and learn from it. And, and Angela is going to be the model for that today. And we're so proud of having her here in the studio to 
to call in. You can still call in if you want and talk to both me and Angela. Yeah. That's fine. Um, whether it be an amazing story of resilience or maybe after hearing something she said, you need some encouragement because maybe you're going through something that she's been through before. And to, to call into the show and be a part of it, it's 804 804- 454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. I'm JJ White. And in the studio here, we have with us the most resilient person you've probably ever heard from. Her name's Angela. And when we come back, we're going to hear more. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show live. All right, everyone. Welcome back to The Great People Show. Today, we've been talking about resilience, resiliency. We started off the show with my point of view and motivational speech. Then we have brought into the studio Angela Atkinson, who I feel is one of the most resilient people I've ever met. We heard her story before the last break. And now we're going to take this and do something with it, Angela. All right, sir. What do you want to do with it? What, what, I want to help people. And talk about it. Let's help some people. So um, based on your experiences and what you've been through, what does it take to take the worst case scenarios in our life and transform that power into something that is not only usable by us, but actually propels us to a completely level that we've never even thought we could be at? You have to get angry first. Tell us about it. So you have to get angry. Because Mm -hmm. in that righteous state of anger, you realize that you are cheating yourself Mm -hmm. and nobody can get you out of that but you. Mm -hmm. So you have got to get angry and you have got to get motivated. That is the only way to do it. What, what, what do we do with the anger if it gets too too much? Well, righteous anger, in my opinion, is different. You know, know, righteous anger. Righteous anger. What is righteous anger? This is totally my take on the situation. I don't know the psychological term, but it's... Drive. It's pure fire in the belly drive. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling, knowing that you have uh, deprived yourself of your best life for long enough to create this chasm in your life Preach that it. now you have to cross. Mm-hmm. So you just have to stick to your guns and you have to do it. You got to do it. But you have to love and you have got to, you have to love everyone. And let me, let me ask about this drive thing because okay. I mentioned David Groggins earlier on the show mm-hmm. in, 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 when you watch this video, for our listeners, this is not an option, folks. I'm <laughs> telling you, this is mandatory to watch this video from David Groggins on the impact theory. Mm-hmm. He says that he says the same thing you do, that it is the drive. It's not motivation. Motivation is crap. Mm-hmm. Motivation is a temporary emotion that folds like a little chair in a windstorm. That's what motivation is. But drive, drive is something that when you wake up, you feel it deep, deep in your heart. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you feel it throughout the day. And whenever that, when life pushes back on you, that, that's what pushes back on life is that, is that drive. What, what is the, the drive? Like, so you've been through these things, Angela. You've, you've been a survivor of domestic abuse, hurricane, suicide of family member, death of loved ones. What drives you now? Like, what, what? pushes you every single day? What pushes me every day in my work is to help others avoid what I didn't, what I did not uh, avoid. I help people make sure that their, that their lives are protected Mm -hmm. and their property and their cars. That's what I can do from, that's from a a material aspect. If they were, if, if you had someone in the studio right here looking at you, that is, is, I'm going to give you two scenarios. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about maybe the more obvious one first. 
they're going through hardship in life. They, life is pushing on them hard, really, really hard. What would you say to them right now to help them? Stop making excuses. Keep going with that. Keep talking to them. It's very easy to pardon our own excuse-making behavior. And I know I do sound a little bit coarse and unempathetic, but this was what I did. I, re- I recognized that I was making excuses for myself in all of my failures. Oh, okay, well, that happened because of this, because I'm, I developed uh, this aversion to this because of that. And I realized I had to stop that. I had to say, okay, I did this wrong. Now I've got to fix it. How am I going to fix it? So switching from excuse-making to acknowledging the mistake, admitting it, and then moving forward and past it is how I've been able to pave over this trauma. So here's the second scenario. The person you're talking to, which is probably more of our listeners right now, they are just comfortable. They feel like they've already made it. They've already achieved it. And maybe or maybe not, they haven't been through a lot of resiliency in life. I I would wager people like you, the ones that have been through a lot of mess and crap in their life, aren't comfortable. Is it difficult for you to stay comfortable? Yes, I keep moving forward. Yeah. I help people as much as I can in many ways. Now, is that being propelled by you what you've been through? Or is that somewhat rooted in the fear of never letting yourself getting back into that emotional state again? I will never return to that emotional state. Yeah. It's over. It's in my past. Um, it to claim to own it and move past it is the only way that you can get over something like that. So let's say you're talking to someone that is just comfortable. Maybe they don't maybe they don't even want to hear what you have to say. Right. That that everything is kind of peachy. Mm-hmm. That when when there is a bump in the road they get a little upset, but that their bump in the road is more <laughs> of a pimple on our butt. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What would you say to that person to to do something different in their life to literally disrupt their world so that they can build resiliency? and even see something about themselves that they've never been able to see before? How would you challenge them? I would challenge them to take the Dale Carnegie course. (laughs) Okay, I'll pay you later for that. (laughs) Uh, The Dale Carnegie course, I took it and it changed my life. It Mm -hmm. actually started my radical change of myself. It pushed me past it. So so give give them some advice on why that radical change— any radical change. It doesn't have to be going through a program. Any radical change would have a dramatic impact on their life, regardless of whether they can see that right now, just challenging them. I would say making one change at a time, work out, you know, start working out in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, I just was blessed to uh, experience an 85-pound weight loss. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And you have got to start doing better for your physical body and start caring for yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got to take care of yourself because if you're not at your best, you will not be able to help anyone else and not be able to fix yourself. Mm -hmm. You have got to start, take, like they say, it sounds very trite, take baby steps, change one thing at a time. It takes, I think, about a month to two months to develop a habit and two weeks to break it. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. So if you start to slack, if you start making excuses, you'll give up and you won't achieve your goal. Mm-hmm. You may not feel the best you can and the best uh, the best uh, you project yourself to feel, but you are taking steps to help yourself. Mm-hmm. And the healthier you get in your body and your mind, the more able to overcome 
the tumult in your life. It breaks my heart that so many people don't want to take any steps. Exactly. Even if they have a desire to improve or a desire to make some some modifications and changes in their life, it's the fear of what's coming next. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the bank account that looks okay right now. It's the fact that look what I've achieved in comparison to where they've been their whole life. And and I find that fascinating for a lot of people because it's that one thing that should show you that you've got so much further to go. Like if you grew up in uh, in hardship, income hardship, abuse hardship, whatever, and now you've arrived somewhere where you're comfortable, you're in a healthy relationship, you, you're financially sound, most people will quit right there exactly. because of the gap that they've created. Now, a big part of that is because even there, they may not feel like they deserve that success. Exactly. Because they spent so much of their life getting beat up saying, you're only supposed to be this big. You're only supposed to be this tall. You're only supposed – you're not worthy, right? Right. Now, you went through some domestic abuse. Was that a part of that as well? Is this is that is that part of is, – has that been a part of your life where so many people have tried to show you that you're not supposed to get bigger? You're not supposed to get better? You're not supposed to get to the next level? It happened in an aha moment, and it was, it was very personal. Mm. Basically, he hit me, and I fought back. Okay. And that was the – Last time I saw him, mm-hmm. he hit me. I fought back and I said, no, I just screamed from my inside. No. Yeah. However, nobody can tell you to leave a bad job, a yeah. bad relationship. You have got to make that choice yourself. Yeah. If you don't get yourself out of that. And I was very stuck and comfortable mm-hmm. in Louisiana, in my comfort zone. Before the I, hurricane. Before the yeah. hurricane. But the hurricane kind of said, you know, this is not a place you want to be anymore. You know, this was almost like an angel lighting above me saying, this isn't where you need to be. So I left. I left and it was scary and I did it alone. And I did not speak with my family for about seven years. That opens up a whole other conversation because I think we've brought this up on the show before. The people that are closest to you are going to naturally do things to protect their relationship with you. And they could be the biggest barrier that's going to hold you back from where you need to go. And I'm going to try, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to very quickly drop a truth bomb here that there, there is, there is another level of resiliency when you have a goal. And, and I asked you earlier, Angela, to give some advice. Here's my advice. You have to have something that you have to be driven towards. And there is another level of resiliency when you have that goal. And when you have that goal comes drive. With that drive comes obstacles. That is supposed to happen. That is the next the next natural step in this process. With those obstacles come failure. Failure is inevitable when you have obstacles. Maybe you're in the middle of that failure right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is something that is a huge challenge for you. That resiliency, the plan and the goal alone is what that resiliency is based on. The plan and the goal alone is what that resiliency is based on. That is what is going to propel you. But without the plan in that goal, that drive, you're going to quit. Without those things, you are going to quit. And we need to make sure that when you hit that wall, that that's the first thing you don't do is say, I'm not supposed to go here. Mm -hmm. 
my point of view is if you hit that wall, it's actually the one thing that tells you you're in the right place. Mm -hmm. Because, folks, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Mm -hmm. So, Angela, we've only got about three minutes or less here left. Um, Your parting advice based on what you've been through and the level of resiliency that you have had to acquire, leave our listeners with some motivational Give, give us some, just pump us up. We're in the locker room. We're ready to go out and fight, fight the battle of life. Jack us up. You have got to love. You've got to learn to love yourself, and you have to learn to love everyone mm-hmm. around you in your life. And you have to picture your best life. Put visual reminders. I have Dale Carnegie quotes, and I have uh, vision boards all over my cubicle. Mm-hmm. Don't sit still. Become active. Help other people. And that has been my release is to helping others in the same situation. What you need to do more than anything is you need to pray. You have Mm -hmm. got to pray. You've got to center yourself and you've got to ask for help because without help from God, from your support network, you're not going to make it. You can't do it alone. Angela, I want to thank you for being on the show here today. You have been such an inspiration to our audience. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave you with a couple words here. Resiliency shows up when your goal is bigger than your fear. Because if there is no resilience, if there's no resistance, then you have quit on your goal. You have said that fear is bigger. You've said that wall is bigger. Resilience is not a trait, a behavior, or skill. Resiliency is a journey. It's a process of living. And Angela, I want to thank you for being on the show today. And I want to thank you because I definitely would not be where I am without you. You're the bomb. You are the bomb. You got this. Our listeners are the bomb, too. (laughs) We come here every Thursday morning from 9 to 10 on AM 820 and FM 97.7, The Answer in Richmond, and also on Facebook.com slash Great People Show. And definitely Apple Podcasts. Check us out. Every single episode is out there. And if you want to become a sponsor of the show, we have have lots of fun with our sponsors. Go to our website, greatpeopleshow.com. Thank you all for being here today. I've been your host, J.J. White. And of course, in the studio with us, kind of substituting for James is Angela. (laughs) You, You rock, girl. Thanks for listening. You rock. So we will see you back here next week on The Great People Show, your guide to greatness. See ya! Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week.